Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the quarantine zone here at the Nets. Uh, so I've been living down here. Uh, since Tuesday morning uh, when I tested positive to my rat test. Um, yeah, praise God that Rachel or kids have got COVID. Um, yeah, one, one of our big prayers for little Ashy, particularly with his compromised immune system and cardiac issues, is he gets COVID, sort of not really sure what what would happen. So that's that's been a real answer to the prayer. Uh, well, what's um, been really, really interesting um, uh this week is just seeing the, the domino effect of um, COVID. So poor Angie got diagnosed on Saturday, then Brian on Monday, then yeah, myself Tuesday, poor mother, um, yeah, Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, and then Craig, he, um, his mother is, um, on life support and, and he's got some health issues of his own it's and on top of it it was a week where the center had Australian Christian colleges so it was a week where we all need, needed all hands on deck and a lot of us were knocked out um and so I don't think that that was a coincidence uh and it, it's as I've been sitting here uh, reflecting on COVID and the sort of, I've been quite fortunate. My my symptoms have been mild, just just the fever, as you can probably tell by how much I'm sweating. Um, it's yeah, that that this is part of the battle, and actually, in some ways, it quite excites me that this is happening to our church, which sounds weird, but my my logic is that well if we weren't doing something big for god or about to satan wouldn't be seeking to distract us and attack us and discourage us uh so so two weeks ago when we were looking going through our series and preparing the soil the third part was um about fellowship and so i looked a lot at that that passage from uh matthew chapter 16 and from verse 18 it says i i this is jesus words to peter i tell you that you are peter and on this rock i'll build my church and the gates of hades will not prevail or overcome um and then so last week we looked at prayer and the, the lord's prayer from from luke 11 and part of that prayer is our father um uh, hallowed be your name your kingdom come uh, what I didn't look at at all, part of that, if we're praying for God's kingdom, we're actually praying for warfare in, in many sense because the Bible tells us is that there's this kingdom of light, which is God, the kingdom of darkness, which is Satan, and there's this conflict. And so as you read through the, the words of Jesus, um just time and time again, we see Jesus casting out demons, Jesus in in this battle, this conflict. And so as a church, this is what we're called to do. So uh, if we're praying for God's kingdom, if we embody the, the Lord's prayer uh, as a church, then part of us, we need to be equipped 
for this battle, uh, a battle against the kingdom of darkness. Um, one of the, the things, if we just take a step back in looking at kingdom, is that when, when God created the world, uh, he put man in charge of that. And so humans are called to rule and subdue over the earth, and they're given authority over the animals. And it's really interesting is that who does Adam listen to in the garden? Does he listen to God? Or does he listen to the voice of, well, he listens to the voice of Eve, but Eve listens to the voice of the serpent. And so what happens is there's an imbalance. Suddenly the serpent is in charge, an animal, so to speak. And so this is the, the tension about Scripture. And this is what Jesus has come to do. Jesus has come as the, the true embodiment of Adam, and so in doing that, he's come to take away the forces of darkness. Now, if you also have your Bibles, you want to turn with me. We'll just go back a few chapters into Matthew. So this is Matthew chapter 4. This is when Jesus is tempted in the wilderness. And so I think he's get tempted with three different things after being in the wilderness for 40 days. And... This is the last temptation um, that Satan has against Jesus. Um, he says, so this is from verse 8. It says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, what's interesting, I used to think that that's such a bold declaration for Satan to say that, that, that he has the kingdom of the world. Oh, all this I can give to you. And in one sense, he did, because of what I said that Adam has done. Adam listened to the beast, not to God. And so there's an imbalance. And that's what Jesus has come to do. He's come to restore humanity to their rightful place. Son of man ruling over the world. That was God's intention from the beginning. And what's the amazing thing that as the church, as Jesus told Peter that he's going to, on this rock, you are Petros, the rock. On this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Is that we, as his followers, we take with him that authority. Jesus is king. We are royal ambassadors and seeing the kingdom growing and coming. Um, I'm going to jump around scripture a lot this morning, but in Luke chapter 10, uh, Jesus sends out 72 of his disciples. So you got the 12 disciples and the 72. And that's actually a cool little fun fact there, that, that 72 is sort of representative of all the nations. And so it's this idea that Jesus is building a, a new humanity through, through uh, his disciples. And so as these 72 go out, um, that they, they are so excited. They say, this is from verse 17, they say, you know, the 72 returned with joy and they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus replies, says, I saw Satan fall down like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Isn't that, isn't that interesting promise? 
nothing will harm you. Um, but yeah, yeah, we still see that that Satan has great power. Um, he has, I guess, dominion in a sense, but it's leashed, it's contained, and that as Christians, that power of darkness, it, it against the name of Jesus, it, it can't hurt us. And for me, that's something that as as a community that is seeking to grow, that is seeking to be seeing our communities transform, our lives transform, we need to be people who are like 72, who are going out and saying, hey, even the demons submit to us. And knowing that Satan has fallen like lightning. And but but or always coming back to the fact you say, hey, it's not about this power display, power and count about showing off. Ultimately, we're not rejoicing. This is verse 20 of Luke 10. It says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And so as a praying community, let's be praying firstly that people's names are written into heaven, but we're praying against the powers of darkness, against the forces of evil. Um, it's interesting in the Gospels, we just see how sometimes Jesus equates uh, the forces of darkness with sickness and evil. And yeah, while well, we don't have the time to unpack that and look at, um, yeah, there's one example, Luke 18, where um, Jesus equates the, the sickness of a woman to, to Satan himself, that Satan has bound this woman. Uh, so that's, that's a hard thing to unpack right now. But what, what it does tell us is that Satan does not want good for us as image bearers of God. Uh, in Genesis chapter 6, it's a weird, weird chapter where the sons of God sleep with the daughters of men and there's nepiphilum and there's all this sort of controversy. And the, the idea is that there seems to be trying this destruction of the image of God. And that's what Satan wants, is for people to not reflect God in God's image, to not reflect the, the God that they're, they're designed to reflect and to worship. And so it, it makes sense for there to be spiritual warfare in a church that is seeking to save people so they can live in the image of God, that they can grow in the knowledge of him. Uh, in Mark 5, it's a really famous account where Jesus uh, encounters a demoniac and the demoniac, it's the, the, the demons refer to themselves as legion, for we are many. And this man, it's, it's a horrendous description of him. He, he lives in the tombs. No one can bind him. No one wears chain chain head and foot, he tears the chains apart and no one's strong enough to subdue him. But when Jesus comes and takes away his demons in him, there's something about this man that just transforms straight away. And it's amazing that if you've probably all know the account that the, the dead legion is cast into pigs, pigs go over into the sea and 
When they came to Jesus, it says here in verse 10, they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed, possessed by a legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, they were afraid. Did you see that? Fear Jesus more than the demons. I think that's for us as a church, is just to remember that, that right now, yeah, we were <laughs> gone through a bit of yeah, difficulties, trials, um, here at Jural, but ultimately Jesus is greater. And yeah, there's this just mystery about spiritual warfare, just like there's a mystery of prayer. Um, prayer is just this most phenomenal aspect of a God who knows everything, yet he calls us to pray to him and uh, ask him to just continually seek his face. There's, there's a mystery in that. There's a mystery in spiritual warfare about, yeah, like in, like in the book of Job, we're given a snapshot of how Satan operates. So God gives him parameters to operate within with Job, what he can and can't do. And so there is a mystery, but we know that God is greater. And so as a church community right now, as I've encouraged us last week to be people of prayer, um, to be either people that get up at 4am and pray for four hours or pray for one hour or pray throughout the day. I encourage us too to be praying um, for spiritual protection. Um, yeah, it, it makes sense that, that Satan wants to sow discord and disunity to knock us out with sickness, with family troubles, um, a whole rafter of different things. And that and the only way for to overcome the spiritual battle is by being equipped with the spiritual armor. And so if you turn with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter six. And in Ephesians six it's uh the Apostle Paul is telling us to put on the full armor of God. And he says here, finally this is from verse ten, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God, so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can ex extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And what a great description of the life of a Christian is that we look around our world and we see tensions in the Ukraine and Russia. We just see tensions, China and Hong Kong. Um, it's everywhere, really. It just seems to be um, clashes in politics, in governments, in ideologies. And it, Paul just tells us to take a step back and recognise hey, that there's actually true enemy. And it's not of people. It, it is the powers of darkness and the authorities and the rulers in the spiritual world. And so as church, we 
need to be praying with that. And just like any warfare, you need the appropriate weapons of war to, to beat your enemy. So for us as Christians, our, our weapons are the armour of God. And it's oftentimes I will do this, I'll actually pray over myself each part of this. So, you know, have the shield of faith, belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, the sandals of peace, um, and oh, most importantly, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Um, it, we see with Jesus' temptation, how do you defeat Satan? He goes back to scripture. Yeah? When Satan tempts Jesus for turning um, stones into bread, man shall not live off bread alone. When it's to throw himself off the temple so the angels can catch him in this great miracle, like, yeah, don't put God to test. Goes back to Deuteronomy. Uh, when Satan says, you know, all this I'll give to you, bow and worship me. Jesus points into scripture, worship God alone. So as, as a fellowship, the church that's praying, uh, let's be a people who are praying uh, against spiritual attack in our own lives, in our families, and for our church. Um, also too, like I said, times like this, it excites me. It excites me because God's going to do something big here at Jural, and I'm not sure what that is yet, but right now sitting here with fever and not feeling the best, I know that this is just part of living in a fallen world where there is a battle still raging. But Jesus is victorious. Um, one, one of the, in the Old Testament, uh, Satan and conflict is, isn't as big as in the New Testament where we see Jesus uh, cussing out demons. But the image of evil and destruction is the ocean. Um, the sea is representative of chaos and evil. And all the way back in the book of Genesis, when the world is just a place of dark, deep waters, um, tohu is the Hebrew word, and it means something like chaos or, or wilderness. And what God does is he speaks over the waters, the tohu, the chaos, and he brings life, he brings order. And in fact, actually, what you notice time and time again in Scripture, in Old Testament in particular, is whenever God moves waters, that's a sign of him overcoming evil. Um, so the Exodus Parting through the waters, hey, I can hold back the chaos. Uh, Noah's flood, when all the flood waters come down, chaos comes back, God's spirit pushes that away. Uh, crossing the Jordan with, with um, Joshua, again, it's a sign that God's holding back destructive forces of evil. And even Jesus, when he calms the storm, it, it's a sign, and actually ties in quite well with the demoniac. So Jesus goes on the boat, calms the storm, and actually that calming, it's alluding to what the prophet Isaiah talks about, is that one day the sea will disappear. So Jesus doing. Jesus can overcome the chaos of the waters. Jesus can overcome demons. There's this, there's this sense that, hey, we don't have to worry about anything. Um, Satan can throw things at us, Satan can tempt us, but we know the ultimate outcome. And in the book of Revelation, the, the world is described as having no more sea. The sea is overcome, evil is 
defeated. But until that day, was, as Paul says, we need to be equipped with our armour. And so, church, for church to grow, friends, I encourage you to be people who are equipped with your armour. Um, speaking of praying for the equipped with armour, I'm going to pray for us all here um, this morning as we're gathered together in this strange way to be, as a church, to just have protection from spiritual attack, uh, particularly as we just sit in this yeah, season of just crossroads where we are a real pivotal moment in the life of our church community with the church vote coming up. Also, too, with just some of the, obviously, changes we've had in the last few months with staffing and where God is leading us. And so it makes sense for us to, to be under attack right now. So you join me as I just pray over us as a church family. Yeah, Lord, I just pray now for um, your spiritual armour to be over us. Uh, Lord, I pray that as we go out um, into our lives, Lord, we go out just equipped the battle properly, that we don't try to fight a spiritual battle uh, using human means, Lord, but using the means you've given to us. And that is the, through prayer, that's through um, the spirit that lives, that he lives with us right now, through the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I just pray that as a church, that as we're seeking to grow this year, Lord, we're seeking to be a church that has fellowship, seeking to be a church that's praying for the kingdom to come. Lord, I just pray that we be a church that's praying against the powers of darkness. I remind Lord of the parable you used um, describing the spiritual attack, and it's like a strong man in a house, and you're going to bind up the strong man first before you can rob him, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that you bind up the strong man that's over dual, Lord, the strong man that's seeking to attack us right now, Lord, the strong man that's seeking to sow division and disunity that would take away from the, the message of the foolishness of the cross. And so I pray this morning, Lord, that, uh, that right now, Lord, you just keep us safe and protected on spiritual attack. And also, Lord, knowing too that if we are under attack, then this means that we're doing something for you, Lord. And so help us to just, in the midst of the battle, Lord, to stand firm, um, to have courage. And Lord, I just pray that we can continually reflect you more and more. So I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.